This is our Need to Know podcast for March 31. Jared and Annie here bringing you all the latest with what's going on with all things coronavirus over the last 24 hours. How are you, Annie? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well. Uh, Locally, things staying stable at this stage. That's right. So, in the latest update, we're still only at 12 cases for the Tamworth regional area. Uh, However, there has been an increase in the health district overall. So, there's now 208 cases in the Hunter New England Health District, but some really good news is of those cases we've actually had 33 people who have recovered which was just announced today so that's really good to hear but keeping that in mind it is not time to get complacent we still have to follow those social distancing and self-isolation rules we still have to make sure that we're maintaining not even just good hygiene Mm. but probably over the top hygiene because now is not a time to get complacent even if we're seeing it slow down a little bit we still have to make sure that we're playing our part exactly right and uh, the state government they've stepped up to the plate too with uh, fines now in place for those who leave their home without a reasonable excuse exactly so if you leave your home without a reasonable excuse you actually are facing an $11,000 fine and also a potential jail sentence of six months so this is was signed last night by Brad Hazard and it enforces Sunday recommendations of the National Cabinet. So, And it will give police powers to enforce these instructions. So the order directs that a person must not, without reasonable excuse, leave the person's place of residence. Things that can be classified as reasonable include obtaining food or other goods and services, travelling for the purposes of work or education if you can't do it from home, exercise, medical or caring reasons. It also directs that a person must not participate in a gathering in a public place of more than two people. The Deputy Premier and Minister for Regional New South Wales, John Barillaro, said that you have to leave regional New South Wales alone. Exactly. He's um, come out very strongly this morning in terms of making this statement. It's uh, directed it towards two groups of people. So the first one is he's directing it to people in metro areas, pretty much Sydney, and saying, please do not think that you can just come to regional New South Wales and escape sort of the self-isolation and the quarantine rules and things like that. Please do not do that because you're also actually potentially infecting people out here so we don't need that he's also really encouraged people to not travel between towns in regional new south wales so not to travel from you know say tamworth to armadale unless you actually really have to just to once again help make sure that we are flattening that curve so it's a really it's really tough and i but the point that he's made you know is we've dealt with drought we've dealt with fires and we need to make sure that we stop this from spreading in regional new south wales as much as possible so i think it's a really fair point made by the deputy premier We'll touch on, just quickly too, domestic violence. Yeah, so I think this is a bit of a concern that's come up, particularly um, in recent days. We here did an article about it. A concern is, is that because people are self-isolating, they're staying at home, it's actually placing people who are in domestic abuse and violence situations in more danger. So... On the back of that, uh, the state government and police have announced that they've, you know, put more funding to it. They are putting more resources to it. But I would just really, really like to stress that people in the community, you need to be on the lookout for your your loved ones and also just other people around you in your street. So if you are concerned for somebody or if you yourself are in a situation, you can contact uh, the 1800 Respect Line on 1800 737 732. So that's a confidential information counselling and support service or you can also contact the New South Wales Domestic Violence Line on 1800 656 463, which is a statewide telephone crisis counselling and referral service for women. However, in all emergency situations, contact 000 immediately. 
Uh, just looking at some things nationally now, and of course, a big announcement made yesterday afternoon by Scott Morrison was this job keeper payment. Exactly. So this is not to be confused with the job seeker payment. That is very <laughs> not, not confusing, confusing at, at all. all. I think that some people <laughs> might get a bit confused about that. But there's a, a few things. So essentially what the federal government is going to pay employers $1,500 per fortnight for each eligible worker. So that's about 70% of the national median wage. Um, and it's about $400 more than the 1,100 job seeker payment that you can get if you're out of work. So it's really to encourage business owners to try to keep staff on, even if it means standing them down, just so that, you know, yeah. make sure that they're there when they need to open up their yeah. doors again, but also that the people who are in employment don't have to worry about losing their jobs. So, yeah. just a couple of things. So, eligible employers are businesses, including companies, partnerships, trusts, and sole traders, not for profits and charities, with a turnover of less than $1 billion that have lost 30% or more of their revenue compared to a comparable period a year ago, or with a turnover of $1 billion or more, and with at least a 50% reduction in revenue compared to a comparable period a year ago, and the big banks subject to the banking level are not eligible. Yeah, and look, this is a really, really, I think this has been one of the sort of keynote things that the government's done in this whole coronavirus um, sort of stimulus packages. This is like a really good one because everyone was saying, you know, New Zealand rolled out their one, the UK rolled out their one. Everyone was waiting on the government to do their bits and pieces and, you know, they did boost, they doubled that job seeker payment. But this is sort of, if you were to compare them with other countries, this is sort of a unique thing that no other countries have really rolled out yet. I know the UK one, I believe it's only for retail and hospitality, and it's 80% of what you would normally earn on the on the tax record. But this is basically $1,500 per fortnight for each eligible, eligible worker, regardless of how much you earn. So, if you normally earn only $400... You get fifteen hundred. Yeah, and I just think it's a couple of things to note as well. The legislation is still being drafted, yeah. so I think there's a bit of confusion yeah. about that. People are sort of saying, "How do I get it now?" Yeah. We're still drafting the legislation, so just a, a note there. But I also think it's really indicative of what the government have been doing overall, and that's trying to a help people who are in financial distress now, but also make sure that the economy can come mm. out the other side. So, if you're sitting there and you're wondering, am I eligible? What we know so far is that you will be eligible if you were employed by an eligible employer as of March 1, 2020. Um, you have to be at least 16 years of age. You can be a sole trader, full-time, part-time, or a long-term casual employed on a regular basis for longer than 12 months. So that is one of the concerns that's coming out of this because we have a lot of casuals mm. who've been working for less than 12 months or might not even be employed yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. And you have to be an Australian citizen, the holder of a permanent visa, a protected special category visa, or a non-protected special category visa who's been residing continually in Australia for 10 years, or a New Zealand on a special category, so the subclass 444 visa. And the other good thing is too, obviously, if this all passes and the legislation gets a tick of approval, it all goes through the ATO too. So, it's not through the Centrelink system, which is already so clogged up as we saw last week with the massive queues and the website crash and all that kind of stuff. It's taken out of that system, which is a wise move as well. Exactly. Uh, the partner payment threshold has also been raised for the job seeker payment as well. 
which yes. is uh, very nice. So that's been uh, that's been raised now from forty eight thousand dollars to seventy nine thousand seven hundred and sixty two dollars. So yes, that's right. But the remember personal... that seven hundred and sixty two. Yes, very important. And the personal income test for individuals on job seeker payment, however, will still apply. So yeah. just keep that in mind. So there are a few rules, but it is really easy to find out what you are and are not eligible for. I have to say that the government has done a really good job in terms of updating their websites. There's also the handy app that you can get, the WhatsApp conversation. So, things like that are really helpful. I feel really important now because we actually got listener questions. We did. We did. Wow. It, was a, it was a nice little yeah. email that I got. I think I got it late last night. It just put a smile on my face. <laughs> People out there are listening. <laughs> and they've got follow-up questions. There's nothing more than a journal loves and follow-up questions, That's even it. if I'm not the one answering them, <laughs> asking them. <laughs> uh, so, we got some questions from Amy. Uh, it was once you've got coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, do you develop immunity? So, we've had a, a few articles done on this. Basically, the consensus is, is that the definitive answer is not yet known, but experts say reinfection seems unlikely. But we haven't had a complete yes or no, yeah. just because it still is the early stages of COVID-19. So, unfortunately, we can't give you an answer that's 100%, but the experts are saying it seems unlikely. And another question from Amy, does the rain wash off metals or surfaces offside? So once again, I, f- I feel really bad because we can't give definitive answers, but the World Health Organization said it's not certain how long the virus that causes COVID-19 survives on surfaces, but it seems to behave like other coronaviruses. So the advice is that it can persist on surfaces for a few hours or up to several days, and this can vary under different conditions, so whether it's humid, outside, inside. So if you think a surface may be infected and you're worried about it, The recommendation is just to clean it with a common household disinfectant to kill the virus and protect yourself and others and just make sure again that you're washing your hands as much as possible. So I'm sorry, Amy, we couldn't give you more definitive answers, but unfortunately when you don't have all the research because it's Mm. such a new illness, this is all that we have. So hopefully that helped a little bit. Exactly right. And look, if you've got a question, just like Amy, you can send it through to us, all the uh, contact details on the website at 2tm.com.au and fm929.com.au. And that is the Need to Know podcast for Tuesday, March 31. Of course, we'll keep you up to date uh, in another 24 hours with another brand new episode. And of course, you can follow it online anytime you like, fm929.com.au or 2tm.com.au. Thank you very much for being part of our podcast for today. Talk soon. Talk soon.